because if we say no to these things, we can say an emphatic yes to the things that can make life worth living. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 34, blimey. Welcome to new listeners, welcome to old listeners. Hello to people that have been here from the start, people that have just joined us, and people from the future. I wanted to thank you all for your support. Many of you take the time to share the love on social media, and I really, really appreciate it. Please don't stop though, sharing is caring. Now in the past few episodes, we've looked at how to get more done with rewards and gamification, and how to actually get started on things with the Pomodoro technique. But both of those things presume that you've got a clear list of jobs or actions, and you know which ones are the priority. But what if you haven't got a clear list? What if you've got the problem of too much to do and not enough time? Well, over the next few episodes, we're going to look at how to solve that problem, and how we can prioritise and work out what's important, what's not, and how to manage it all. This week, we're going to explore one way to reduce the amount of stuff that we've got to do in the first place. And it's all about saying one word. No. Yvette Huntley Flint had served in the Wrens in World War II, and after the war, she toured Germany as a ballet dancer. She's now married Edward, who was a cavalryman, and in 1950, they have their first of three children, a boy. Sadly, born with dyslexia, 50s and 60s schools weren't very forgiving. Their son has struggled, and he's having a hard time. He ends up at 13 in a boarding school, life doesn't get much better, and by the age of 16, he drops out. So now it's the mid-60s, and this 16-year-old starts working on a magazine which he thinks will be popular with other like-minded students. The first edition came out in 1968. It has a cover price of two shillings and sixpence, and it covers subjects as diverse as the Vietnam War, art, and of course, pop culture. You'd have thought it had done really well, but it didn't really make any money, and so this 19-year-old dyslexic ex-student decides to start selling records by mail order from the church where the magazine was produced. If you haven't guessed already, his name, of course, was Richard Branson. He went on to create the Virgin record label, the airline, and today, with his sights set literally even higher, he's working on pioneering space tourism. He's got a net worth estimated to be over $5 billion, and now Sir Richard Branson has become an icon in the world of business. And that's partly because he has a really down-to-earth style. He's open about his failures and, 
he seems to have an eagerness to focus on what he describes as hugely important, people. He famously said, put your staff first and your customers second, because if you look after your staff, they'll look after the customer. Now, if you Google Richard Branson quotes, you'll be inundated. And I get why. One of my favourites is, train people well enough so that they can leave, but treat them well enough so they don't want to. But the reason we're talking about Sir Richard Branson is about one particular quote that, on the face of it, seems quite inspirational. If someone offers you an amazing opportunity and you're not sure if you can do it, say yes first and then learn how to do it later. And this gained him a reputation of being called Dr. Yes. Here is Richard Branson, sorry, Sir Richard Branson, from his own YouTube channel explaining why he's called Dr. Yes. Why is for yes? And, um, uh, and as I think some of you know, I'm known as Dr. Yes, because I just love to say yes. Um, life's a lot more fun saying yes than no. Might get you into trouble, but anyway, it's a lot more fun saying yes than no. Um, and I suspect I've said yes maybe a little too many times on occasions, but, um, but have, no, have no regrets. Um, I've learnt an, an awful lot over the years, and I would highly recommend that um, you try it, uh, particularly if you're the kind of person who, um, you know, who uses the word no too often. And what does yes mean to you? If you're a natural people pleaser, then it can be hard to say no to things. And after all, if Richard Branson is saying we should say yes, then maybe we should consider it. And especially when you're being asked to say yes to the boss or a friend, it is often the easy option. But it can get us into some trouble. I don't mean the trying to get a hot air balloon across the Pacific after you've lost most of your fuel kind of trouble. But I do mean in the taking on so much that we end up with too much to do and not enough time kind of trouble. So why should we think about saying no? Here's Kenny Nguyen from the TED stage. Now, Kenny is the CEO of Big Fish Presentations, and he delivered a really interesting talk on why we should consider no. And because the word no is essentially a way to combat the dangers of the word yes. And today, I want you to think of something very differently when it comes to the word no. I want you to think of the word no as a protective shield in compliments to the swords of yes. And here's the thing though, there are so many of those who wield the swords of yes, but so few wield the shield of no. Because no one wants to wield the shield of no if they have to think they have to reject someone because the word literally means no to reject. No one wants to reject a loved one, a friend, or even be rejected themselves. Yet, for some reason, there are so many yes-men out there, yet you think to yourself, are the world's most successful people yes-men? I really like that use of use no as the protective shield to complement the swords of yes. But we've now got potentially two conflicting views. There's Richard Branson saying, say yes. And there's Kenny Nguyen saying, say no. So where can we get some more insight? 
Well, Kristen Wong in the New York Times in May 2017 said this. Humans are social animals, and the word no feels like a confrontation. When we dole out an easy yes instead of a difficult no, we tend to overcommit our time, energy and finances. A guy called Leo Babauta writes on things like GTD and habits and productivity. And he said in a Lifehack article, It's a simple fact that you can never be productive if you take on too many commitments. You simply spread yourself too thin and will not be able to get anything done, at least not well or on time. To stay productive and minimise stress, you have to learn the gentle art of saying no. Also in the New York Times in 2016, Carl Richards said, Learning to say no is incredibly important, but it's also important to understand why we say it. As we learn to say no to certain projects, we're left with more room to give an emphatic yes to other ones. So, so far, this sounds like common sense, doesn't it? I mean, no one would actually say yes to everything all the time. A cup of tea? Yes, please. So why do we sometimes say yes when really we should be saying no? So I guess, I guess from a work perspective, we probably feel like if we say no to things, it'll limit our career or we'll upset some of our colleagues. We could even get a reputation for failure and certainly we might upset the boss. On a personal level, we might worry that saying no means that we'll miss out on stuff. Life won't be so much fun. We might lose friends or just be labelled as boring. But what if we think about that a bit differently? Can we say... No, but in a way that helps us progress in our career. How could saying no help us do better at our jobs or make our boss happier with what we're doing? On a personal level, how can no mean that we do great things with our time or keep our friends happy or just have fun? I think that the secret lies in the balance. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And that's where we should focus. Saying yes all the time means that our to-do list will just fill up and fill up and, and will not get the chance to reduce it. Well, the good news is that I found a great resource to help us. And we've already talked about it. Let's go back to that article by Leo Babauta. Now, I really like Leo's work. We often quote his ideas in our social media stuff. His blog, Zen Habits, has been listed by Time magazine's top of the top 25 blogs. So he seems like a good chap to help us understand good ways to say no to the things that in the long run really might not help us. But before we do that, here's an advert from our sponsor. No, we don't have any sponsors. So if you represent the Tomato Marketing Board, 
or a company that makes mattresses which can fold up into a small box and you'd like to sponsor us, feel free to get in touch. But in the meantime, this podcast remains free of charge at the point of delivery. And all the investment of time and money that I put in is because I want to make it good for you, the listener. And if you agree, I'd really appreciate you telling someone. Do a review on iTunes, share it, you know the stuff. Put that on your to-do list. Share Sharp for Steve. I'd really appreciate it. Have you put it on your to-do list yet? Oh, hang on. Fab. Here are Leo Babauta's 10 things to consider when learning the gentle art of saying no. Number one, value your time. So this is really giving some thought to how precious your time is, how valuable it is. Number two, know your priorities. He says that even if you do have some extra time, which obviously for many of us is rare, is this new commitment that you're being asked to do really the way that you want to spend that time? Number three, practice saying no. (laughs) Sometimes repeating the word is the only way to get a message through to extremely persistent people. He says... When they keep insisting, just keep saying no, and eventually they'll get the message. Number four, don't apologise. Obviously it's important to be polite, but apologising makes it sound like we're making a weaker decision. We do need to be firm and unapologetic about guarding our time. Number five, stop being nice. Being nice by saying yes all the time only hurts you. And if we make it easy for people to grab our time or our money, then they'll carry on doing it. So what he's suggesting here is that we show them that our time is well guarded by being firm and turning down requests that are not on your priority list whenever you possibly can. Okay, number six. So this is a bit of a contentious one. Say no to your boss. So this is about having that conversation with our boss, which can be quite tricky and a lot will depend on them and their style. But explaining to them that we weaken our productivity and we jeopardize the commitments that we've made if we just say yes to things. And if ultimately, as our boss, they ask us to do something and we need to take it on, It's important then to make sure that we go over our projects or our task lists and just get them to understand that to take this on, something else has to give and, you know, we like them to give us some input on which we think is the priority because clearly there's only so much that we can take on at any one time. Number seven, preempting. So what he says here is it's often much easier to preempt requests than to say no after the request has been made. But certainly you can make it clear to people that you've got a lot of stuff on and that it's a it's a big ask if they ask you to do something that's important to them. Number 8. I'll get back to you. We say that 
actually, we'll give that, we'll give it some thought. We'll give their request some thought and we'll get back to them. And then if you can't take on the request, you can say to them, I've given it some thought, I've checked my commitments, I won't be able to take the request on at this time. And you're demonstrating that you've given it some consideration. Number nine, maybe later. For me, that's a version of no doesn't mean never, it just means not right now. So I can't take it on right now, but if it's not time critical, come back and talk to me in a week or two and I might be able to take it on. Number 10, it's not you, it's me. So this is uh, obviously... um, a dating rejection. <laughs> so you can compliment the idea. Sounds great. The project's great or the organization is fantastic, but it's just not the right fit for you or it's not what you're looking for at this time. But only say this if it's true because people will know if you're being insincere. So those are Leo Babauta's top 10 tips. I think I'd sum this all up with one question that we should ask ourselves every time. Why should I say no? Because if we're clear that saying no means that we can be better at our job or more successful in the important things, a better parent or a better friend, then we should confidently say no to the trivial, no to the unimportant and no to things which stop us from doing well. Because if we say no to these things, we can say an emphatic yes to the things that can make life worth living. Obviously, the best way to stop the fire hose of stuff coming our way is to turn it off. But if we can't do that, at least reduce the power of the flow by stopping some of the things getting chucked in our direction. Don't worry, this isn't Steve in the field, but it is Steve not in the studio. It's just such a lovely day today that I thought we'd do this episode's takeaways outside. Your time is precious, so don't give it away too easily. It's not your job to keep other people happy. If keeping other people happy competes with something that you should be doing, it may be time to say no. Saying no doesn't mean that you're being negative. It actually means you're being positive. Use the shield of no to protect your swords of yes. Each time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And of course, the reverse is true. Read Leo Babauta's article on saying no. It'll be in the show notes. The best kept secret of time management is not about being clear on what you are doing, but it's about being clear on what you're not doing. The first step is learning when it's appropriate to say no. Right, that's it. That's the takeaways done. I think I might go and get some fish and chips. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and 
I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. My tummy's really bumbling. I shouldn't record the podcast before I've had my dinner. Uh. This week, we're going to explore one way. There's a car outside. Hopefully the car's fast. And it's all about saying one word. No. 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 Blah. No thing. No. No man. Consider no. No. Say no. 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 No.